Jersey recently revealed that every single day of his life, for the past 37 years, he's eaten pizza for dinner. Some of us choose to not brag about it, but hey. <laughs> he, here's how much pizza he's eaten. Domino's now uses their pizza tracker to track him. In fact, this guy eats so much pizza, his doctor recently told him his arteries are stuffed crust. Guy ate pizza every day for 37 years. We all got the same question, right? What's he, what's he look like or what's he weigh? If he's pulled it off, I could eat pizza every day. Oh, sure. Especially with all the different kinds of pizza. Please. I don't know how popular this is, but it's getting a lot of internet play. These t-shirts for young boys that say, boys will be boys and boys is crossed out. So it says, boys will be good humans. And it's getting a lot of attention. And some of the comments on the Facebook page of the website are worth Digging into. Oh, I can't wait. Coming up a little later on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Cannot wait for that. That's something. So, the world is apparently riveted by the disappearance of uh, Jamal Khashoggi. If you haven't been following the story, it'd take too long to reset it. And I was a little surprised to see this headline in the Washington Post. Um, Conservatives mount a whisper campaign smearing Khashoggi in defense of Trump. And it's by Robert Costa and Karen Demergian, both of whom we've spoken to uh, on a number of occasions about the news of the day. And they're, they're solid reporters. But I, I'm reading this article, and it's quite long. And the examples range from clearly smear campaign stuff, overstating, uh, ranting, to absolutely valid questions and criticisms and... They are dismissed out of hand without really offering an argument. As if one claim being over the top is proof that all claims are over the top. In recent days, a cadre of conservative Republicans uh, allied with Trump has been privately exchanging articles from right-wing outlets that fuel suspicion of Khashoggi, highlighting his association with the Muslim Brotherhood in his youth and raising conspiratorial questions about his work decades ago as an embedded reporter covering Osama bin Laden. Um, he, they claim that he evolved in his later years um, to, um, and they mention uh, Harris Faulkner on Fox News and Virginia Republican Corey Stort, who's challenging Tim Kaine, who said Khashoggi was not a good guy himself. While Khashoggi, this is the post now, while Khashoggi was once sympathetic to Islamist movements, he moved toward a more liberal, secular point of view, according to experts on the Middle East who have tracked his career. Uh, the Bin Laden stuff, I've heard that he was a journalist, but the Saudi, the Saud family wanted to see whether they could come to a peace agreement with Bin Laden hmm. and employed him to do that because they knew each other. Um, I find that a perfectly reasonable claim and a perfectly reasonable strategy since Khashoggi was at that time a Saudi insider tied closely to the regime. So I don't understand how that's a smear campaign. He left his home country last year and was granted residency in the United States by federal authorities. He lived in Virginia. Last year after MBS took over? Well, Sean claims he saw that he found out that he's been a permanent resident since 08. Yeah, I think that was a Boston Globe article I had that one. Oh. 
So the stuff about tooling around Afghanistan with Osama bin Laden in the 80s, I'm not sure. That didn't bother me, actually. No. That doesn't bother me. I think he was just, we we were on the side of, of Osama bin Laden in the 80s. We were on his side, right? We were we, we were funded giving, him. We were giving him money and weapons to fight the Russians. So I have no problem with that. So yeah, that's an incredibly disingenuous claim. Yeah. Uh, we also, well, I'll go a little further into this article, but a story in far right. I had a perm in the eighties. A lot of things were crazy in the eighties. Right. A lot of things to be <laughs> apologized for. A story in far right front page magazine cast Khashoggi as quote a cynical and manipulative apologist for Islamic terrorism. Not the mythical martyred dissident whose disappearance the media have spent the worst part of a week raving about. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. Um, I don't. So it they're they're mixing in really wild claims with pretty reasonable claims. Um, the Post's editorial page editor, Fred Hyatt, sharply criticized the false and distorted claims about. Khashoggi, as anyone who knew Jamal or read his columns, he was dedicated to the values of free speech and open debate. He went into exile to promote those values. Now he may even have lost his life for his dogged determination in their defense. It may not be surprising that some Saudi-inspired trolls are now trying to distract us from the crime by smearing Jamal. It may not even be surprising to see a few Americans joining in, but in both cases it is reprehensible. We had a loyal listener who's been the source for a couple of really, really good, true stories send us a bunch of translated tweets from Mr. Khashoggi's Twitter feed through the years. Um, and he is unquestionably a supporter of, organ- or was, perhaps, a supporter of organizations like Hamas that I think are, are, are evildoers. Yeah, the New York Post's version of it is, the stories in the media are not fully accurate about this journalist. He's depicted as a reformer, a democracy advocate, and a journalist. Yet these are have-truths that obscure the political role that he played. Before anything else, he was a regime insider. He was a close associate of senior members of the royal family who were then eclipsed by the new crown prince, MBS. Right. He um, he represented a particular political perspective in his writings. An Islamist, his views on major issues consistently tracked with those of the Muslim Brotherhood. That's according to the New York Post. Right. Unless the New York Post is lying to try to accomplish something, which I'm not exactly sure what that would be. Yeah, I just, we are clearly, we, meaning humanity and the media and I don't, and the administration to some extent, are in this whipped up emotional state. And I found the Post story a little breathless and emotional, honestly, given the stakes in the Middle East. Denying that what you just said, for instance, this guy was an active member in Saudi politics, which is a brutal business. His side fell out of favor. And so he left, and he's been criticizing the Saudi regime, and God knows there's plenty to criticize. Um, I, I, I just don't get it. I, I get everybody's partisan these days, but I don't even get the left and right of this. Oh, I don't it's not, either. Even, it's not, not like either. Trump anti-Trump. Trump has said stuff. I thought, oh my God, I can't believe he said that about, you know, if 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 the uh, Saudi regime knew about this, the senior leaders, this will be terrible. This will be a very serious thing. And yeah, I, I don't, thought, huh, I don't, odd. I don't get the conservative liberal part of it either. Um, when uh, making claims that this is a conservative effort to make Khashoggi seem like a certain sort of person, Lindsey Graham's all for dumping Saudi Arabia right now. Right. I thought he was a conservative whack job a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I think some of it may have to do with putting uh, Trump in a box that he has to react strongly to this. And it's uh, like the completely unwinnable uh, Obama red line thing. And his mistake was saying it. I think I don't think there was a good solution once Syria did uh, what they did, or at least not then. Um, uh, it, it, he was in a box. He was in an impossible situation and got criticized harshly for it. Of course, he built his own box. I'm looking at this guy's Twitter feed, and I think it's legitimate. He's got the check mark and everything. And I think what was sent to us about his past tweets was also legitimate but these days how can you believe anything somebody says somebody sends me screen captures of tweets could be yeah absolutely it might be legit could be the russians right well and actually the person who sent us the screen captures of the tweets did point out something that i've been saying for a long time and for the umpteenth time i don't know what happened to the guy i think it's reprehensible if he's dead and he's almost certainly dead I think it's reprehensible. The American media has, without caveat, quoted the Turkish media over and over and over again. And other media sources in the Middle East that are openly supportive of Iran and Turkey and anti-Saudi Arabian. How do you not mention that? That's one of the blasts against this guy, Khashoggi, is that he was a Turcophile. He liked the current style of government they have in Turkey. Yeah, Erdogan, the Islamist dictator. Right. He wanted more of that in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, Political Islam being, you know, leading the way, that being how you defined your country. I don't think that's a breathless white right wing whisper campaign. I don't. It is and weird. I don't every understand time, what that has to do with right, left, Trump or not Trump. It is weird. Every time I see headlines anywhere where it says Tur- the Turkish government says or Turkey, Turkish authorities say, since when do we listen to them? Yeah, wait a second. Yeah, the left-leaning media, which is all of it, uh, have been harshly criticizing Erdogan because he because there are no human rights in Turkey. He's, He's torn a bad up the Constitution. Guy. He's a terrible guy. According to the Committee to Protect Journalists, Turkey ranks as the world's foremost jailer of journalists. There you go. Yeah, but now we so we're are taking their word for it. Their state papers without question. This is an odd chapter, man. This is very odd. And this is this is exactly what Putin was hoping for. I, I, I don't I'm I'm mystified by the American media right now. And and I don't have a horse in this race. So uh, the current policy at our workplace, a camel in this caravan. Yes, our current policy at our workplace. Uh, 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 an email went around a couple of weeks ago about how if you're a certain kind of sick, you're supposed to stay home yes. so you don't get everybody else sick at work. How does everybody feel about that? I just I'm confused by that one. I don't know why to actually to think myself. I love it. I'm going home now. If everybody stayed home every time they were sick, you'd have an awful lot of people gone, especially in the winter time. Depends on the sick. I think. On the other hand, maybe you'd have a lot fewer sick people at work. If people didn't bring their diseases in and breathe on everybody. You're blowing my mind, man. Are you asking me how I feel about not working? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> no, how you feel about me or other coworkers not working so that you have to work more to pick up the slack when they're sick. I don't know. I Was don't... I supposed to work more yesterday? <laughs> yeah, well, in, in theory. In theory. Because, I don't know. I really don't know. At schools, they have a very strict policy about how many days you got to stay back if you've got a fever or... Vomiting right. or whatever. Right. For good reason. It doesn't seem to help much because, man, sicknesses just go through the classroom and then go to everybody's homes and go through their homes. 
haven't seen any uh, a great movement towards stopping that either. Mm-mm. Is your son going to wear one of these boys will be boys with boys crossed out and they wrote good humans underneath? It's part of a move to let us all know that boys' natural inclination is to be bad, I guess? Uh, right, to be a boy is unhealthy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've had on the show uh, uh, many times talking about geopolitics. Just tweeted a picture. It, it says spotted Turkish investigators leaving the Saudi consulate. And it's a, it's a guy, it would appear to be covered in blood, splattered with blood anyway, in like with rubber gloves on and booties over his shoes. That, that, that nah, can't that be can't real. Be. No, he, that Ian, can't be. Ian Bremmer posts a lot of sarcastic like cartoons and jokes. Maybe he was just way too dry with this one. Yeah, dude, we're it's dark, dude. We're, well, it's, it's if it's a joke, it's a dark joke. But you got to make you got to have more of a wink. Like this is clearly a joke, or or did this picture just emerge? That's, they wouldn't that's allow themselves. They wouldn't allow themselves to be photographed like that, would they? Wait, just walk out covered in blood and, and I think plastic. That's a Nothing counts so much as blood. That's right, Gene. I think that's a slaughterhouse. Picture was by the EPA. So it says, know. unless that's an acronym for science, I don't know what to believe anymore. So my wife came across this. She's raising a couple of little boys. We, we are together, obviously. And my wife, um, my wife fell in the pool the other day. Fell in the pool. Fell in the pool. Is that what your, some, that's what your story you're sticking with? Yeah. <laughs> some say I pushed her. But, uh, uh, I was here. She fell in the pool. Trying to take a selfie, had a couple of drinks. What's the story behind it? Pretty much, yeah. No, she was skimming it. Oh. She was squatting down to get something near the corner of the pool. Oh. And then went in. Yeah, and immediately reached down. Oh, my God, do I have my phone in my pocket? Oh, yeah. She did not. Yeah, that's the first thought. Right. Um, uh, so we're raising a couple of young boys and my wife came across this. It's free to be kids clothing and it's getting a lot of attention on the internet. I don't know how many, I don't know how big a deal they are, how many of these are they're going to sell, but you got, uh, you got a little, little boy models there with t-shirts on that say boys will be boys and they crossed out boys and they wrote underneath good humans. And it says at the top on their little ad, Teach your son about consent. Banish the phrase, boys will be boys. Expect better. Change the world one feminist son at a time. I hate you. Spread positive That's messages. That's hate speech. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, and then one little boy's t-shirt is feminist, like Beyonce? Okay. And love is my superpower. Um, there's one that says... Going through the you know, I, uh, there's one that says uh, "tough like mommy" is a t-shirt, and then you can also get a t-shirt for your boy that says "kind like daddy." Okay, because if you said "tough like daddy," that would be awful, I guess. Right, that would be a stereotype. It's a forcing gender roles upon everybody. So I'll just read through some of the. I just comments. wish I'd come up with this so I could profit off you people. 
Of what people? The people who would buy this, <laughs> these things. Uh, somebody said, yeah, T-shirts that are available for my son, like Lock Up Your Daughters or Ladies Man. Uh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. It's, it's a joke, you see. And it's all about like being attractive to women. It doesn't mean you're going to rape them. Or abuse them. It normalizes sexual assault. Does it? Yes. Does it? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, go through some of the comments here. On the Facebook page, as people got into arguments, as you can On Facebook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope they were adamant. <laughs> um, why does everyone have an issue with boys being boys? You're implying that it's not okay or acceptable to conform to gender stereotypes. You should be ashamed of being masculine. There's something inherently wrong with being a boy. Not to mention that crossing it out and replacing it with good humans employs that boys are implies that boys are not good humans and have to work at it. Not really digging your man shaming. You're free to think as you like, Deanna, said the free-to-be-kids people who make these shirts. It's just a lighthearted and gender-neutral take on what we've seen uh, Our Boys Will Be Good Humans shirt is meant to rebut what we see as a reliance on cliches to excuse poor and hurtful behavior by blaming it on a person's gender. Okay. All right. All right. My son wears boys will be good human shirts and always impresses people. They take a second to think about it and they can then make a comment about how much they enjoy it. It's helping people realize that gender gender stereotypes hurt all genders. And it's not okay to assume that boys are going to be jerks. Yeah, who's assuming boys are, boys are going to be jerks? You are, apparently. I yeah. see. I never did. I never did once. You apparently did. You're you're supposedly the good person. I'm supposedly the bad person. I'm not assuming boys are jerks. This would not bother me if it were not for the systematic decades long demonization of boys acting like little boys in America's schools. You've got to sit down, be quiet, sit still, not have any physical activity, not compete, and act like a little girl, or else we will drug you. For decades. Yes, I love these. I just saw a boy in a hunk onesie the other day, and I vomited in my mouth. You got the reflux. You got you to gotta take something for that. What, what is offensive about hunk? It applies you're going to be attractive to women, and that's bad? Why is that bad? It's bad. It's sort of toxic masculinity. Feminist-like daddy. I think that's there's something one. wrong with telling boys. I don't that- think a baby has any ideology on the topic at all. I think that's your ideology that you're painting on your kid, you weirdos. Um, What's wrong with boys being boys? One person said, freebie kids wrote by it. There's nothing wrong with qualities like kindness and compassion, even if you consider those feminine. I don't consider kindness and compassion feminine. You do. I don't. You're the good person. I'm the bad person. See, I don't think that's a feminine trait. That's really crazy. We so need to be attacked by Mars. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got more Catholic diocese on the West Coast coming clean about sexually abusive priests. A Taliban attack almost takes out our U.S. top general in Afghanistan. Oof. And Trump on Elizabeth Warren's DNA tests. Good stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. responses on the text line to the boys will be good humans t-shirts crossing out boys will be boys of all the 900 things that boys will be boys meant when i was a child none of them meant rape or sexual assault certainly not i mean and anybody who uses that 
reference, that saying in reference to that, that's a dryly sarcastic, nasty use of it. Or Nobody actually believes that's or okay. Or you're a crazy person. Or yeah, yeah. Or you're sick. Speaking yeah. of sick, people are lined up at the California-Nevada border for three hours to buy lottery tickets. They are not. Yes, they are. That is that is yeah. that is crazy. Powerball. That's right, son. Gambling is legal in that state. You, you can make go, a million You can go do all sorts of gambling. And have a whore. Right. What are you doing <laughs> at go the convenience stores? You win Get the yourself a sex worker and the roulette wheel and have a ball. You win a little money with your scratcher, you get a better looking whore. Oh, boy. Huh? Spend your money wisely. Welcome to Nevada. People are lined up for hours? Yes. Wow. According to published reports. That is something. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the revelations continue. The San Jose, California Catholic Diocese is living up to a promise to name priests who have been credibly accused or convicted of sexual abuse. On its website, it's now posted 15 names of priests who were ever assigned to the diocese with abuse allegations dating from the 1960s through the early 2000s. Turns out five of the priests have already died. and The rest have been permanently banned from the ministry. The Bishop Patrick McGraw says the list was published as part of the Diocese of San Jose's commitment to transparency and accountability. Meanwhile, the so ca- they've been served with subpoenas all across the state of Pennsylvania, yes. and they're going to start looking into the, the records and the books and yes. the secret files and all this sort of stuff. Was and- there a conspiracy to abuse children and or cover up that abuse? Clearly, yes. Absolutely, yes. And we need to get one of the reporters on, because I want to know, well, first thing I want to know is, why hasn't this happened earlier? It seems so obvious now. you got a giant organization involved in criminality. That's what the RICO statute is about. Meanwhile, the Catholic Diocese... It was, of course, written and, and passed uh, thanks to Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> wow. Hence the name. Wow. Meanwhile, the Catholic Diocese of Sacramento is going to be delaying the release of its list of priests accused of sexual abuse because they say they've gone out and decided to hire an independent auditor to go through the 2,000 files they need to go through, the personnel files. They were going to have staffers go through and put out the report, but they said, you know... This, this has become way too important. The focus is way, way, way too concentrated on the Catholic Church. We need to make sure we do this prudently. Hmm. So that's going to be delayed for a bit. Get an attack claimed by the Taliban at a high-level meeting about security plans for Afghanistan's upcoming elections that left at least two top Afghan officials killed. But the top U.S. commander in the country, General Scott Miller, was not hurt in that attack. But the chief of police was killed? Yes. So the message there is, because the Taliban has been saying, don't vote, we are going to blow you up. They blew up the chief of police. And the chief intelligence officer and almost killed the governor. The way you would take that is, if the security's not good enough to keep them alive, gotta believe you got your best security on that. How about my local polling place? Yeah. Yeah, forget it. That's a pretty good way to suppress the vote. Yeah, the general, by the way, is a close friend of uh, Mike Lyons, Armstrong and Getty favorite. I'm glad he's all right. An elite Afghan guard opened fire on the attendees as they left after the meeting ended, and they were gathered for a group photo, and that's when he opened fire. Oh, my God. President Trump holding a rally on Thursday in Montana to stump for Republican Senate candidates. He's uh, campaigning to... uh, help uh, build up a majority again in the uh, U.S. Congress. 
He's uh, in a state where President or he President Trump is very popular, obviously, in Montana. And during the rally, Trump took aim at several possible 2020 opponents, including Senator Elizabeth Warren. Trump again mocking Warren for taking a DNA uh, test to prove that she has Native American ancestry. I used to say I have more Indian blood in me than she does, and I have none. I used to say that. <laughs> And I was right. The only good thing she did, I think she probably disqualified because she made a fool out of herself, but I think the only good thing she did, I can't call her Pocahontas anymore. Trump going on to add. But it's true, she has so little Indian, but she has none that I cannot call her Pocahontas anymore. But if you don't mind, I'll continue. Do you mind? Because it'll show everybody what a phony she is. I'm go. sorry, was that like a nightclub act? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got a birthday in the crowd today? Huh? 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 Tape of friends out drinking? We're going to be fully in to the 2020 presidential uh, election season the day after November 6th. So we're just a couple of weeks away to full on. Oh, it's no. just every day. Oh, yeah. I guess all the would-be candidates are flocking to uh, South Carolina and Iowa and New Hampshire to try out their message and your Corey's Booker and your Kamala's Harris and even old Joe Biden has uh, gotten a few new plugs and put yes. on some makeup and is doing interviews. <laughs> I guess he just can't resist. Democratic Senate candidate Beto O'Rourke has said now he would vote to impeach President Trump if he is elected. He's running against incumbent Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz. And he reiterated his belief at a CNN town hall that Trump should be impeached, saying there is enough there to begin the impeachment process. He cited the Trump-Putin summit in Finland, saying that summit was collusion in action and... When, by broad daylight, on Twitter, he asked his Attorney General Jeff Sessions to end the Russia investigation, I would say that's obstruction in action. Beto All right, good luck with that, Beto. Yeah. The meeting with Putin was evidence of collusion. Yeah. That's a ridiculous statement. Meanwhile, Rihanna has turned down an offer to perform at the 2019 Super Bowl halftime show. She's showing support, she says, for Colin Kaepernick. Us Weekly is reporting the NFL and CBS really wanted her for the 2019 show, but she said no because she disagrees with the NFL stance on Kaepernick. Hmm, that's interesting. She so, could have performed and then like done some sort of meal at the end of her song or something like that. Oh, or showed her boob. How, how, what would that do? I don't know. It's been done, though. Seemed to be very popular at the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's a political statement. Yeah. <laughs> Practically useless. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Unless it's, you know, breastfeeding rights and that sort of thing. A number of outlets are reporting that the Secretary of or the National Security Advisor and the White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly and John Bolton, got into a, uh, an F.U. no F.U. screaming match in the White House yesterday. Uh-oh. That's being reported in a number of places. It still might not be true, but apparently they really got into it screaming at each other. We'll have the details on that, among other things, coming up. Coming up next, Devil and Barrett of the Wapo to talk about the Justice Department digging into the Catholic Church. Get the details from Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
My son has a onesie that says, I still live with my parents. Ah! I don't like it. It normalizes uh, the millennial attitude. I'm going to. I don't know what you're talking about, but I can tell you're angry, so I'll take you seriously. <laughs> Kamala Harris's tax plan is, uh, whoo, something. She's crafting her run. Yeah, speaking of uh, 2020 kicking off, we're just a couple of weeks away. Ready or not, like it or not, here it comes. I don't like it. The presidential election <laughs> season. You're asking. Holy cow, I'm not ready. Plus, on a more serious note, uh, we played a couple of excerpts from our podcast, our newest podcast, about um, uh, children being lured into uh, sexual slavery slash exploited, blackmailed, that sort of thing. They call it human trafficking, which is a bizarre term. But um, we got an email about that from somebody on the front lines that I think is absolutely terrific. And we will get to that in a couple of minutes. Right now, we're joined by Devlin Barrett of the Washington Post, who is covering the Justice Department investigating abuse by the Catholic clergy in Pennsylvania. We were just dealing with this uh, on our, our, our news, Devlin. Um, you know, this or the West Coast angle. Uh, welcome, first of all. I'm sorry that that sentence sure. is uh, that sentence was a crime in itself. Um, how how strong a case does it seem to you, having looked into this? Uh, how strong a case does the Justice Department have? Well, they're at the very beginning of their case, but what they have to work with that is stronger than a lot of other people who have looked at this before is they have a massive, massive grand jury report from a Pennsylvania state grand jury that was issued in the summer. Some folks may remember this because it's, it identified, you know, 300 priests who had abused children. And so they have that as their starting point, which gives them a lot more to begin with than anyone else has had when they've tried to do this. But again, it's a starting point, and you know, one of the challenges for prosecutors when they look at a lot of this behavior is it goes back decades, and there are statutes of limitations, and there are witnesses who may, be, may not be alive anymore, may not remember anymore. But they do start with a, with a really big block of information, which is this grand jury report. Well, I've seen some reports that they're going to be able to subpoena all kinds of records and files and, and, and this and that. Is the FBI going to go that far? Yes, we're, we're told that the subpoenas have already gone out, that subpoenas have already been delivered to the diocese in Pennsylvania uh, for those records. And part of the reason why those subpoenas went out is because the grand jury report basically made clear that paper like that, uh, records like that, evidence like that does exist at some of these dioceses. And I think it's weird that it's a bigger crime to take a kid across state lines and molest them than to molest them in your own state. But it is, and that's part of it, right? Well, part of what's interesting is the Justice Department has never really ventured into this area. You know, a lot of local prosecutors have, but the Justice Department hasn't. And what the Justice Department can look at, which the locals can't really look at, is the crossing of state lines to to commit a crime, which is in federal law its own type of crime. And they can look at conspiracy law. And conspiracy law gets really important when a prosecutor believes that the conspiracy has lasted for months or maybe years or decades. In that case, if if the prosecutor believes a conspiracy has gone on for decades, then you can charge old acts that were that would otherwise be barred by the statute interesting. of limitations. Interesting. Interesting. Ah, the conspiracy not the act. How interesting. And it it is um undeniable that if this prosecution, this investigation is fruitful and it's it's determined that the RICO Act is uh, has been violated how could it stop in Pennsylvania well, I mean Pennsylvania is not the least bit unique is it other than the giant grand jury report 
Well, yeah, right. So they have they have a, a tactical advantage in the grand jury report, and it may not stop in, in Pennsylvania. You know, one of the things about about opening this door, frankly, is that the FBI can follow leads where they go. And that may mean out of state. That may mean, you know, not just to New Jersey, but to Florida as well, because those were issues that were raised by uh, some of the folks who have been pushing for this. No, we were just and, talking about California, yeah. where it's, a, it's a, you know, unfortunately happened a lot, too. Why is this just happening now, though? That's That's my question. Why didn't they go after the Catholic Church like this before? Well, if you think back, you know, a lot of this stuff came about in 2002 when the Boston Globe set out to just put it all together and say, wait, there, it's not, we're not talking about individual bad actors. We're talking about a pattern of really bad behavior and, frankly, you know, covering up in some instances. And that's the thing that I think people have not wanted to look at for a long time. You know, there are, there are things that, you know, society just chooses not to look at for a long time. I'd say, you know, my own opinion from being a law enforcement reporter, the opioid crisis was another one of those that people just did not want to look hard at for a long time. And now you see people are more and more willing to do that. And I think this is another example of that. Absolutely true. Devlin Barrett of the Washington Post. Uh, Devlin, we'll look forward to staying in touch as this story progresses. I have a feeling it'll be with us for years. Yeah, I I think so. I think that's right. Thanks very much. I I think this one might actually get somewhere, though. I I would bet everything I own might be a disruptor, and what you're disrupting is the systemic raping or molesting of uh, of, of kids over decades by one organization. I'm hoping that's going to be disrupted. Well, and under the auspices and uh, the the cover, if you will, of Jesus of Nazareth, which is an irony so disgusting and horrifying that it's it's tough to take. Something that evil and self-indulgent being perpetrated, uh, you know, under the cloak of Christianity. So Christianity, no- the the religion and philosophy, as opposed to the that human organized church, which is often veered far away from Christianity. Nebraska's got a new pitch for trying to get uh, visitors to their state. Honestly, it's not for everyone. Is there uh, is their headline? <laughs> I like it. Among others, um, as they're going with seriously, there's nothing to do here. They're trying to go after. <laughs> they're trying to go after the whole get away from it all type wow. of by, the idea, and then showing places where you could go mountain biking where there's no crowds. You know, you're not waiting for hours to get into Yosemite or whatever. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. thought they were going after hipsters who are so ironic. They're hoping to capture the. I go to the worst places type. <laughs> but no, it's sarcasm, I see. Famous for our flat, boring landscape, proclaims another ad which shows a couple leaping between rock formations in Nebraska's Toadstool Geological Park. Beautiful. I've um, never wanted to go to Nebraska more, so in yeah. this anecdotal sense, it's, or at all. it's, it's doing well. It's doing <laughs> they, work. they also have Carhenge, which I've seen many times, in Alliance, Nebraska, in which somebody buried a whole bunch of cars in a circle. Looks like Stonehenge, but it's buried cars. That's a real thing? It's a real thing in a town of like 40 people. I'm not going you, to see that. You will not have to wait in line. <laughs> I, I, I get uh, Sure, somebody did that. I don't know why they did, but I'm not amused. I... Uh, <laughs> Honey, can we go see the uh, the rock formations and How about the get away from it all, though, uh, theory? Because there are a lot of tourist places you go, and it's just as hectic as your job life. So from the lines, the traffic, whatever. It sounds like a punishment to me. Mm -hmm. Would you look at that? Car henge. (laughs) (laughs) Alliance, Nebraska. They got one car like halfway buried in the middle. Even it's like a really good replicate. I didn't re- travel replica. to there. It was between where I was and where I was going. That's sure, whatever. You've been twenty times. <laughs> Season pass. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Got this note from Mark. Mark the artichoke farmer. Hmm? Uh, his topic is, I would much rather be sleeve boy. If you're not familiar with the reference, I have an employee, uh, a servant, who fastens that very tiny little button between the wrist and the elbow on my dress shirt. As I mentioned, that's the thing I hate the most about putting on a dress shirt is trying to button that, and I wonder why they have to unbutton them at the cleaners. Sleeve boy, sleeve boy, again I'm struggling with my sleeve. And he comes over and he helps me. (laughs) Do do the thing where you say you wish you were him. (laughs) Oh, oh, sleeve boy. Your life seems so simple. I envy you, your simple, simple life serving me. You don't know the pressures I face. I don't have time for the story now. It's, uh... Sometimes it's so bad I wish I were you. That's the best part. It is a contemporaneous account of the groom of the stool, which was an actual servant of King Henry VIII. He was his pooping assistant. Oh. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. And it's actually... That's a real job. It's pretty childish, but it's really interesting and very, very funny. Oh, wow. Sleeve boy. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.